3: It's great to have a dishwasher, but sometimes you just want to put on rubber gloves and stick your hands in, and then notice that there's corn in the sink that you want to wash down the drain. And no matter how much water you pour in the different places to try and get the stream to move the corn into the hole, it just will not go no matter what.
2: Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
4: Hello. Hello. This is a first. first. Well, you're lactating whilst podcasting. <laughs> I, I am, but every time I speak, it comes off. I'm just
5: noticing and <laughs> stares at me like, why is she talking? I'm trying to concentrate. Rudy, latch back on. There you go. Work, Have a latch. Working mother. You know what it's like.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, are you angry at me about the parking situation?
5: No, I do feel you should get some scratch cards, but I don't know. I'm not angry.
4: So, so why is it the responsibility of the person being visited to, to worry about the parking of the visitor?
5: Oh, I do think it is. Do you not think it is? That's interesting. You think I should just come on public transport and...
4: Well, no, I just think, like, once you're over the threshold of my house, you're my responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until that point, you're on your own, son. Yeah,
5: yeah. (laughs) But in some parts of London, you can get scratch cards. Scratch cards, but it's not much more fun than it is. <laughs>
4: scratch cards. <laughs> That's
5: like doing the lottery. You can get these cards where you can park, eat more easily, right? And, and you ring up the council. But like, no, it's fine.
4: So, so I've, so I've got to like devote time to ringing up the council because <laughs> yeah, ringing
5: up the council is a really quick job, isn't it? You don't spend hours trying <laughs> no, to, no. to get through to the right person. So you, I do see a point. Tell you who
4: never mentions this. Ed Milliband. Ed Miliband,
5: Yeah. <laughs> Behind your back, we've been chatting about it. I'll be honest. You and your no scratch cards. <laughs>
4: Uh, um so I have found that quite often I am being looked at with disgust more than usual when I'm out and about in the world oh, yeah. and it, I think it's a it's a new thing it's the changing world in which we live in because what because I'll often be in a cafe or yeah. a restaurant or whatever and I'll ask for a plastic straw. Oh. And so many of them are getting rid of plastic yeah, straws yeah. now. You're, you're a bad person if you I have am, a plastic but, straw. Yeah. Yeah. But then then I have to try and explain. It's not because I just want to destroy the earth. <laughs> it's because I don't like the feel of anything paper or wooden. Oh, because you won't use wooden chopsticks, will you? No. no. I don't like using a wooden spoon. Yeah. Like if you ever get takeaway and it's wooden cutlery, I can't use it. It's yeah. a lolly stick. Anything sort of with a papery texture. Texture against my tongue is bad, but this is a difficult thing to explain. But also... In a, in a restaurant or a cafe. They
5: could argue. I'm not saying they should. They could argue that, yes, with a, you know, wooden knife and fork, you probably do need the knife and fork. But do you need a straw? <laughs> do you really really need
4: a straw? I mean, what, is the, what is the point of straws, really? Well, I think they're good if you're wearing lipstick, apparently. Do you not think they're just a bit babyish?
5: They are babyish. That's what I was thinking. Just like
4: makes drinking a drink a bit more fun. <laughs> yes, drinking yeah. through a straw. Yeah,
5: definitely. They're
4: better. Apparently, they're better for um, tooth decay. Oh. Because the stuff never touches your teeth on the way in.
5: Oh, okay. Well, tell them that then, the restaurant, when, they, when they're saying babyish <laughs> under their breath.
4: But you are right. Like, So I've had this with chopsticks for a long time. Mm. If I go to um, a nice restaurant where they've got the sort of painted, polished ones, they're fine. Oh, but it's yeah. those regular wooden, unvarnished ones. Mm. I can't eat off them. And for a while... Because it's just embarrassing. Somewhere where they give out chopsticks, it's embarrassing then to ask for a knife and fork.
5: Yeah, it is. Yeah,
4: because you look like a heathen.
5: <laughs> you do. You look Even, amateur as well. You're it doing. is.
4: Even though I do genuinely think the knife and fork is the better way of eating food. Yeah, it there's, is. There's an old Jerry Seinfeld routine in which he says something along the lines of "You've got to give it to the Chinese. <laughs> They're hanging on in there with the chopsticks. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. you know, there's a better way of doing it. Yeah. But that, that being said, you know, you want you don't you want to you don't want to look like a rube when you go to one of these places. Yeah. And I tried for a long time explaining my whole thing with unvarnished wood and paper on my lips and tongue. Mm. But uh, uh, the, the, what I've found uh, is hospitality staff in restaurants don't want to hear it.
5: They're not interested. And,
4: and they, you know, it's difficult to follow. Yeah. If it, you know, they've got other things on their mind yeah, yeah. and you just end up seeming like a lunatic. Rudy is... Sorry. Um, <laughs> so sorry. He's, he's really relating to my plight yeah. he, he totally agrees. Yeah. Um. So, so for a while, I would try and explain, and then I just gave up, and I started saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not great with chopsticks. Can you give me a knife and fork?" Yeah, and and looking like an amateur, you know, looking looking unsophisticated. And then the worst thing that happened to me in that scenario is somebody then brought along some of the chopsticks that they were giving to only everybody else—the unvarnished wooden, rough ones. Yeah, but put an elastic band around them like they do for children. <laughs> So, I had to sit there as an adult in a restaurant eating with babies' chopsticks and like hating every mouthful because of the way they were touching my mouth on the way in. We're, gonna, we're just going to take a break here and uh, address Rudy's needs.
1: Jeff Lloyd and Annabel Port
3: Germans. A drift.
4: So, we would love to hear from you. If you haven't yet sent us a story, please do of your own social ineptitude, your failed interactions so noisy <laughs> uh we would love to hear from you email hello at dot and i think uh I, th- <laughs> I think our stockpile of stories is looking a little depleted at the moment it is
5: a little yes
4: so you know we don't just expect you to listen to the podcast we do expect you to contribute yeah
5: you have to work as well <laughs> come on
4: like nobody's here to enjoy this no come on <laughs> uh, email hello at adriftpodcast.com
5: okay this is from kendall i had evening plans for a fancy occasion with a friend the flu had been going round, so she felt too ill to go my partner is out of town for work so i decided instead of going home to an empty house i would treat myself to an indulgent meal out and a glass of wine because of my previously held fancy plans i was looking rather smashing if i do say so myself An older couple at the table next to me were talking to each other and looking my way. I'm already a bit self-conscious about being doled up and I get the sense that they're going to ask me something. I fear what is coming, having been in similar situations a few times before. My anxiety grows with each passing moment. Eventually, the wife and the couple asked me if I'd like an extra ticket to a concert they're on their way to. Turns out, their friend had the flu as well. It was a band I liked, so I accepted and was very grateful. We talked for a bit. I am apparently so at ease with my new friends that I find it appropriate to remark, Wow, I'm so relieved. I was so nervous that you were about to pick me up. And that because I'm so terrible at saying no to people, who knows what would have happened? Ha ha. (laughs) Both of them grew silent and icy and immediately returned to their dinner. And we didn't speak another word, even when we were only steps away from each other, walking back to the parking garage at the end of the evening. (laughs)
4: I think they were trying to pick her up
1: Oh,
4: and then yes. they got caught out. Yes, yes, yeah. maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, this is from
5: Steve. I have a story of something that happened to me at work about three years ago, but I still think about it from time to time and get a terrible sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. I was working on a multi-million pound project for a client and every two weeks I would go to a progress meeting with about six managers from my company and six of the client's managers. In the meeting, there would be someone with their laptop plugged into the big screen to discuss various orders of business. I would occasionally plug my computer in to show things I was working on and then would usually pass the plug on to other people to do the same. The meetings would go on for about five hours, so things would get pretty boring and my mind would wander. One thing I would occupy myself with was chatting on Skype Messenger with my other colleagues in the office. On this occasion they were making lunch plans saying they might go to Wetherspoons for a curry club and a pint and I responded explaining how bored I was in the meeting and how I could murder a curry and a pint. I then noticed the meeting room had gone very quiet. I looked up and everyone was looking at me. I then see that my laptop is still plugged in and my conversation has been displayed on the big screen for my company's managers and the client's managers to see. Uh, After that, I did the only reasonable thing anyone could do in that situation. I left the company so I didn't have to work with any <laughs> of those people again. <laughs> I love the solution there. Yeah. Extreme lengths you go until I don't have to see these yeah. people again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and now this is from Brad. Last Sunday, I had to pop to my nearest shopping centre in Hemel Hempstead with my three kids aged 5, 9 and 11 in the back of my car. My wife advised me that the parent and child parking had a separate entrance. Given I had three children in my car, this seemed a perfectly appropriate option for us to take advantage of. So I drove in, took a ticket, the barrier lifted and I eagerly saw a free space. However, much to my horror, without warning or any option to turn around and exit again, the parking sign suddenly changed from parent and child to parent and toddler. Indeed, most people getting in and out of the cars indeed seem to be accompanied by an assortment of babies and very young children, whilst my own youngest will turn six years old very shortly. Naturally, the prospect of being identified as a rogue parent and toddler parker filled me with (laughs) immense horror. So having found a space and before leaving the car, I instructed my nearly six-year-old that she would have to toddle from the car to the entrance. (laughs) A quick search of my phone had revealed to her that the definition of toddle was move with short, unsteady steps while learning to walk. True to form, with her dad and two older brothers walking behind her, desperately trying to suppress laughter, she proceeded to turn what should have been a 20-second walk from the car to the lifts into a relatively convincing two or three-minute toddle, and the same again upon returning to the car after our shopping. My guilt suitably assuaged... Assaged? Assage? How do you say that? Assuaged? Uh, uh, Assuaged? (laughs) Assuaged? My guilt suitably assuaged, and my heart rate having returned to normal levels, all three kids, but especially her, were rewarded with sweet treats for the oh. journey home.
4: Oh, this, this yeah. is uh, this is very good. Yeah. Um, that could be a topic, in fact, sort of roping your children into your yes. web of deceit. Yes, yes, yes. So if you've got any stories on that. Uh, also, I guess the lengths you've gone to, as Annabelle said, the lengths you've gone to to never see people again. And um, have, have you ever ruined a, accidentally ruined a fledgling friendship? with uh, saying something inappropriate as well as all the usual things shyness is nice, pretending to know what you're doing hiding stories, blurting stuff out failed interactions and so on (laughs) email, excuse excuse me Uh, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com
3: Time for Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in whichever order that makes sense to you, you are the one perceiving it In the computer simulation.
4: Um, hi. All right, Annabelle, you have prepared a story. Yes. And um, hopefully this will lull Rudy to sleep. It'll be like a little bedtime story for him. that'd be nice, yeah. But hopefully not anybody else. (laughs) No, no. Uh, At least for me. (laughs) Um, What subjects have you prepared the story this week?
5: Things that have happened to me on public transport. (laughs) All right. So hearing about my driving skills a few weeks ago, you might assume that I was safer on public transport, but I'm not sure that's the case. I'm, in many ways, I find it just as dangerous. There was the time that I was witness to a very heated argument when a man sat next to a woman on the tube, and as soon as he was seated, she said, ''Oh, no.'' Nope, nope, nope. no, you're going to have to close those. She's pointing to his legs. that are spread quite far, but not obscenely far open. And perhaps understandably, he questions this. Mm. She's all, no, come on, this is ridiculous. Your legs, they don't need to be that far apart. Just close them. Can you just close them now? Please close them. And he's refusing, claiming his legs are a perfectly normal distance from each other. I wonder and what
4: the appropriate angle is. Well,
5: yeah, I'd like to know. But I feel like his knees were maybe sort of pressing slightly into hers. Right. She's getting very angry. Don't worry, I didn't join in. But there's a lot of, just close them. Please just close them. (laughs)
4: Is this what they call (laughs) manspreading?
5: Exactly that, yeah, yeah. But I said nothing at all and obviously just tried to pretend that I wasn't watching. Mm. The most audacious thing I've ever seen on the Tube, though, was I was travelling in rush hour and the Tube was very, very packed, as it always is in rush hour. But I've got a seat in the middle of the row and the seat next to me, so also in the middle, the lady gets up to get off. So who does that seat now belong to?
4: The, the next nearest standing person.
5: Exactly, yeah, the person that's closest to it. But a man in the area by the doors with no seats, the second that seat is free, he throws his bag over the top of at least four people's heads <laughs> onto the seat, effectively bagsing it, and then he pushes through these people, picks up the bag and sits down, and nobody says a word. <laughs> nobody, they're too shop but no one says a single word. It's the most audacious thing I've ever seen, let alone seen on public yeah. transport. But one of the things that I do really hate most on the tube is when people use a spare seat for their bag.
4: Oh, the worst, yeah.
5: It's only acceptable, I think, if the carriage is empty or virtually empty. Yes. But anyone who leaves it there on a seat while others are standing, they're the devil, aren't they? Yes, yeah. They're just pure evil. Occasionally, I can accept that you might be very engrossed in something and not notice other people getting on. But if you don't immediately move your bag when someone hovers near to it... Then and,
4: and apologetically. Yes, yes, and
5: yes, you're a terrible human. So I was in a very bad mood one day. That's my excuse for what I'm about to tell you. And I get in a carriage and there's one spare seat. Apart from it's not spare because it's got a lady's bag on it. So I hover around and I know she's noticed me, but she's still not doing anything. And I'm not going to say, would you mind if I sit down? Because I shouldn't have to. No. I'm not going to ask if I, a human that has to walk around all day, can take the place of a bag that's not a human and gets carried about all day i just sit on her bag what yeah i just sat on it and then when she's saying what are you doing and trying to grab it i do the only thing i can i say oh sorry i didn't see it there (laughs) i'm so rude but this is not the worst thing i've ever done on public transport The worst thing was on a bus. (laughs) So it was the number 25, which I don't know if it still is, but used to be colloquially referred to as both the Essex Express, (laughs) because it goes from central London to Ilford, but also the free bus, because it's one of the first in London where you could enter it from the doors in the middle and then just tap your Oyster card there, meaning you could easily get away with a free journey until Transport for London conned onto this and started putting inspectors on it. Anyway, I got on in the middle of the bus and it was a very, very busy bus. There were no free seats. And getting around at the same time with me was a very elderly, frail woman. But nobody offered her a seat, which made me really, really angry. So I singled out the person sitting closest to where the frail lady was standing. It was a girl in her 20s. And I gave her a look, which could only have meant one thing, which was you're a disgusting, waste of space of a human and you deserve to die. <laughs> and my death stare worked because she looked back at me. Then she looked at the old lady and then she stood up and gave her a seat. But it's at this point that I notice she's about seven months pregnant. Oh, oh. <laughs> and the old lady takes her seat. Oh. What can I do now? I can't use the desk stare on the old lady until she gives the seat back. Say, <laughs> so, oh, no, sorry, I think seven months pregnant trumps a bit of old age. So <laughs> I just stared at the floor and said nothing. <laughs> Only option there.
3: This is your favourite programme.
4: Adrift.
2: Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
4: OK, bit of something to address. For our Patreon supporters, we're really looking forward to our first ever um, Adrift Vodcast video party. Yeah. Now, we were supposed to do it today. Yeah. But um, because we want it to be... Just right. Mm. There are a lot of logistics we need to sort out before I'll be honest. I forgot we were supposed to do it today. <laughs> did I say that I was going to put it in my calendar? Well,
5: do you think? I did. Do you think there's a single person who heard that and thought that's going to happen? <laughs> Every single person thought that's not going to happen.
4: I, d- I actually did put it in my calendar. Oh god. So next week I am um, Sarah's on holiday. Oh. So I'm on... next week's my birthday as well. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be Annabelle's birthday party. I don't.
5: I don't mind doing it. We, we could do it. But if you got childcare issues? I, ha- I do okay. have children.
4: No, no, I think it, maybe it's all right. I think we've okay. I think we got a childminder coming in for the day. Okay. All right. Week, okay. Then? Okay. I, I, I was about to have to kick this into the long grass, but now that we've talked it through. Yeah, let's do it next week. So the our Vod- the, uh, first ever video podcast party, a vodcast party, is going to be next week, and it's going to be Annabelle's birthday special. <laughs> hey. Which is great, so that'll give it a bit of structure. <laughs> <laughs> a, sort of, a bit of much-needed structure. is
5: that maybe Mighty Cake? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah,
4: I could play on one of the uh, various instruments that I've got dotted around. I could play the birthday song. Great, there we go. possibly copyright issues. Um, Maybe I could write a birthday song.
5: That's what you're going to
3: do. I can't wait.
4: Um, So, yeah, so that's going to be happening. You'll be able to get that not long after. Mm. And if you think, oh, I'd love to see something like that, you need to be a Patreon supporter at the right level. If you go to our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com stroke adrift, pledge your support, and you get all these wonderful extras like titles from Annabelle. You're doing another batch of those now that you're almost done with the book?
5: Yes, yeah. I'm stop. I mean, you're not almost
4: done with the book. I mean, you've got loads to do with the book. It's not even in the shops yet. But you, you had to sign 200 of them, didn't you? Uh, yeah,
5: 300. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah. Um, but yes, uh, there's the titles. There's the access to the different bits and pieces. If you go to our Patreon page, there are lots of details. And our first video podcast party uh, coming not long after Annabelle's birthday, which is uh, which we'll be recording next Monday.
3: Hi, uh, do you mind if i uh, just signing on this uh, clipboard? Uh, it's just $4 a month. You can give the money to this charity and then uh, it will just come straight into your bank account and then we can turn into an evil corporation and take over the universe and then kill babies and small
4: children and women. Jeff Lloyd, um, Annabelle Port, Adrift. drift. I know I've mentioned these before, but not very much else happens in my life. Hmm. Baby swimming classes.
5: Oh, yes, yeah.
4: So we go to them every Sunday morning, uh, the class starts at half past ten. It used to be one of the sweetest parts of my life. Yeah. Now, something about the time it takes to get there on the bus, how fussy Jean is on the way there, how annoyed Sarah gets at the infrequency of the buses, right. like has just tainted the experience forever. Okay. Yeah. And I think we'll probably stop after this term. Oh, okay. but, you know, But it was this very precious thing. And when we're swimming, it still is. But... Yeah. And the, the, way, the way we do it, is the way we, we've got it set up as a system, is one of us swims... And the other one sits and watches. And then when the swimming is over, it's up to the watcher, the spectator, to to then get the baby and, and get oh, the toddler as he is now yeah. and, and get him dry and get him dressed and ready to leave. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah, quite yeah. a good system. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the point being, every other week, I'm sitting on a bench watching this class. Mm-hmm. And these, these classes are a big money spinner. I mean, they're back to back to back to back. I love the teacher. She's a nice lady called Jackie. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, Gene was the teacher's pet. Oh. So she, he would always get picked out to demonstrate.
5: Oh, so proud. Yeah, <laughs> but he's,
4: he's gotten a little clingy of late, so he doesn't get picked anymore, oh. which, is, which is a shame. Um, but even so, I really like this teacher. And she is really warm and funny and lovely and, and quite strict, as well, mm-hmm. when she needs to be. Yeah. And I will come on to... The reason I mentioned that will become apparent in a second. Okay. So anyway, this week I was watching Sarah was swimming. And as the class is coming to an end, people start coming out of the changing rooms in preparation for the next class, and they will often take a shower beforehand. And this has now happened a couple of times. This guy from the next class comes out, and he is such a hunky dad.
5: Oh, really? <laughs> he,
4: he looks like he could be one of the leads in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's sort of got that long hair, beard, very oh, muscular, wow. okay. and so on.
5: Has he got tattoos? I'm imagining tattoos. I think that
4: there might be the odd tattoo, okay. yeah. He's not okay. heavily tatted, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, you bit, know... Yeah, the, yeah. The, so he stands and showers mm-hmm. in view of everybody. Right. And I feel that everybody's attention is drawn to this man. Mine is drawn to him and I'm thinking, look at that guy, I hate him. With his perfect body That's- and his good looks <laughs> and his presumably happy life. <laughs> and then I can feel my wife lusting after him, which oh, doesn't no. feel good to me. No. And the other sort of women. The thing is, he's, he's one of these who are making the men feel ad- adequate and the women feel aroused. And I, I feel like I've noticed Jackie the teacher having a look over oh, a few times Jackie. as well. So what he then has done, hmm. for, for two times running, is that once he's showered, his class still hasn't started. Right. So he goes and sits like... What is a male mermaid? A merman.
5: Yeah, merman. He yeah. goes and
4: sits of half in the water no, on the steps, nothing. waiting with his kid. He Aww. sort of like lounges there as if he was on you know a beach in Villefranche-sur-Mer in the south of France or something. He
5: knows his power, doesn't he?
4: Right. I've seen other people do that. Get in the water before their yeah, class. Yeah. And Jackie, the teacher, says, excuse me, (gasps) excuse me, uh, you can't come in the water until your class starts. No,
5: but he's allowed.
4: Yeah, and I'm convinced it's because he's good looking.
5: No, that's not fair. Like there are
4: some weeks I'm I'm there and Jean's restless and I want to get in the water, but I don't because I respect the rules. Yeah, yeah. And I also know that if I was to break the rules, I would be chastised publicly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he is this hunky guy and he just does what he wants in life because those people can do what they want in life. So typical. Is that fair? No, but anyway, How do I deal with it? Yeah. I find out in this week's The Incident. Paris Lees is a TV presenter and activist. She was recently profiled in Vogue magazine. I thought it'd be good to talk to her to get a perspective on being beautiful from the other side of the divide.
1: Wait a minute, it's, it's the mum around.
4: <laughs> I haven't seen the mum, I've only, I've only seen him.
1: Where's the swimming pool?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm single. I think trying to gate crash baby swimming as somebody without a child is not without its risks. <laughs> but I think yeah. you should I think you should go for it. So so anyway, yeah. do you think I should say anything to the swimming teacher? Because I'm I'm watching this injustice week in, week out.
1: I don't know. Um I don't know, what could you say? Um I could, I, I could know. next time round.
4: I could put my feet, like literally, just dip my toe in the water, see what happens, and if I'm chastised, I think I think could say, "Aha! It's one rule for him and another rule for me."
1: Yeah, I know, but you might you might be leaving yourself open there,
4: Jess. What do you think she would actually say? It's because everybody likes looking at him.
1: Yeah, I mean, then then how would you feel?
4: Probably even worse than I do now.
1: Be, I don't know, I think I think you just gotta suck it up. It's 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 an unfair world we live in. <laughs> but I, 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 I think it might be his air. I think it might be the fact that he just strolls down like a unicorn or <laughs> or a mermaid or whatever it is. And some people just and you do though, you do let people off, don't you? you must have done it. Come on. Oh god. You yeah. must have you must have in your car you must have let, you know, somebody attractive, smile on their face. But even more likely, even though I don't think you're a sexist person, Mm. I reckon you'd be more likely to let an attractive young woman Cross in front of you or hold a door open for them than you would a fat old bloke. Well,
4: you'd be surprised because I'm also like very, very emotionally needy. So I'm like constantly thinking about how I'll be most liked by the other person. So if I perceive, (laughs) I have the opposite. If I perceive somebody as unattractive, I think they probably don't get the special treatment that often. If I do it, I'll look like a real hero.
1: That's very codependent, Jeff.
4: Yeah, I've got a lot of that to me.
1: But yeah, I mean it isn't it isn't fair, but we we you know, and I know when I've had better looking boyfriends and stuff, you let them get away with more.
4: Would you um Would you try and befriend him if if you were me? I mean, could I maybe bask in some of his reflected glory? I,
1: I would try and befriend him if I were me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like the sounds of him, I'm not going to lie. Um, would I try and befriend him if I was you? Yeah, well, there's there's this thing, isn't there, called shine theory. And I really like that, and it's it's, it's mainly for women because I think you know femininity is often set up as a kind of competition, isn't it? You know, and and like a rivalry. And um, in this Shine theory, if you meet a woman who intimidates you, either professionally or because she's really beautiful, she's got perfect hair, or she's just really funny, or she's 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 got something that you feel you don't have. They say rather than kind of being threatened by that and pushing them away, you should embrace that person and and actually pulling closer to them and and bask in some of their shine um because then that way you surround yourself with really good people and actually you you go up in the world as well you know if you're hanging around with people that are shining, yes, you start to shine too, and I really like that theory
4: yeah, so i just need um, to, I just need to get in the water and embrace him
1: you just need to get. A, Get in the water and embrace him. I mean, it, it, maybe not like literally.
0: <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jeff
3: Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift with you, which is saying something about you.
4: A couple of things I just wanted to mention quickly. Um... Yeah, last week I was talking about the Muppets again and oh, how yes. they're performing in this country. Yeah, a question yeah. that has troubled me for years, and I wonder if anybody knows the answer to this. Mm. How did the word Muppet become an insult?
5: Yeah, good point. Yeah, because it is an insult. Isn't you it?
4: absolute Muppet! And it means
5: you're an idiot, doesn't it? Why? Yeah. Because, because Muppets all seem quite bright to
4: me. Yeah, I mean, there's you know the the kind of crazy slapsticky wacky puppets but what they're not is a bunch of morons no
5: they're animals that can talk that makes them better than animals (laughs) so they're clever oh
4: my god i read an awful thing this morning oh what um yeah so so somebody somebody wrote about this on twitter um somebody called schrodinger's kate and it's basically about this gorilla from years ago like 20 30 years ago this gorilla called coco who they taught sign language to oh yeah and it ended up with a huge vocabulary of over a thousand words Yeah, yeah. and one of the things they asked it is where do gorillas go when they die yeah and the the gorilla signed comfortable hole by." oh isn't that just the bleakest Whoa. and creepiest thing you've ever heard oh
5: comfortable hole bye yeah
4: no. comfortable hole bye oh wow. oh
5: was he one of the ones that started smoking? There was a lot of those, especially in the 70s. And roller skating. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Um, anyway, yeah, so, so that was you just got me thinking about that with the talking animals. So if anybody has any, any idea why Muppet is an insult, yeah. I'd love to, love to know how that got started. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've heard a certain type. Maybe your dad's a type of this. They'll refer to somebody as you, Rodney, like Rodney <laughs> the Plonker from Only Fools and Horses, because Rodney in that sitcom, yeah, yeah, is is kind of dim witted in this yeah, way, and
5: that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Muppet, where did that come yeah. from?
4: Yeah. The other thing I quickly wanted to mention um, is. I was in. I wouldn't go as far as to say an argument, but I was in a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago where they had a different point of view to how I am. Okay. And to close it down, they said, um, well, I suppose I'm just old-fashioned then.
5: Oh, no. Do you think anybody
4: who has ever used those words has conceded a millimetre? Like nobody, nobody's saying, I guess I'm old-fashioned, the world's moved on and it's right. Yeah, yeah. They're saying, I'm old-fashioned and I'm not right. In the same ways when people say, well... Guess it's just the way I'm brought up. <laughs> yes, yeah. oh my it's God. not like I was brought up badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, oh, it turns out I was brought up badly and and, and I've had an incorrect opinion. <laughs> it's just like this awful smug way of shutting something down. Yeah, yeah. Shoo, 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 shoo. I drift. Okay, time for the part of the podcast that people are calling Quandary Corner, but we don't want to commit to it just yet. Um, any more suggestions come in?
5: Yeah, Matt says, How about Have I Got Rules for You?
4: Not bad. Do you like something with rules then, I'll be honest?
5: Yeah, I'd like this next one. Yep. Problematic. Problematic. And he, he says, are you in an attic? Could you move to one? We are in an we attic. We are in an attic. Problematic. It's really
4: oh, good. Oh, yeah, that is really good. It's
5: brilliant, but I do sort of feel that it's it's become Quandary Corner. So it's, it's this the is Glab tough. Clinic, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: I really like problematic. I that love is That is by far my favourite I so think far. so
5: too, yeah, yeah. So maybe we could call it Quandary Corner at the, the Glap Clinic in Problematic. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's, uh, let's get on to these. If you have a, situ- a social situation or any situation where you need to know what the rules are, you ask us and we'll tell you.
5: The first one's from Brian. He says, I have a question for the Glap Clinic slash Quandary Corner. To provide some background, my boyfriend and I rent an apartment in what in our home city of Ottawa passes for an historic home in that is in a home that was built over 100 years ago. As a result, the walls are fairly thin and we can generally hear whatever our neighbours are doing and vice versa. This often proves to be quite frustrating as our upstairs neighbour is a rather gregarious French-Canadian woman. We often hear her yelling at her children, stomping upstairs or, on more than one occasion, doing full workout routines to loud techno music. On one occasion, she threw out the newspaper we received in the morning because she incorrectly assumed that a pile of flyers that another labour had left in the hallway was related to it. When asked about this, she said that she hadn't thrown it away, but actually simply placed it in the recycling bin for us to collect. (laughs) In summary, she is a free spirit. (laughs) Unlike our neighbour, we are... Child-free and have yet to indulge in stompy techno workouts. We don't mention the noise to her, as that would mean an intolerably uncomfortable conversation. When we do see her in the hallway, we're generally as friendly as you would be with a neighbour. Hello, how are you? Yes, it's very hot, cold, rainy, sunny today, etc., etc. Last week, however, while reading in the kitchen, we heard our neighbour stomp up the stairs with a gentleman caller. As previously mentioned, our doors and walls provide very little sound insulation, so we heard her chatting in the hallway. To our horror, we heard her describe us to her gentleman friend as pa super friendly, which in English translates to not super friendly. Now, this is new information to us. While we certainly aren't about to invite her over for drinks, we're generally pleasant to her. I suppose that in that sense, you could describe us as past super friendly, but we feel like some sort of unsproken truce has been broken. Who is she to describe us as past super friendly when she is the one who frustrates us? What are our options to address this very clear breach of our unspoken agreement. Many thanks and best wishes, Brian and Lucas.
4: So we need to we need to boil this down to uh, I mean Rudy is unhappy about the situation very. as you can hear. Yeah, he doesn't but, like it at all. But we need to we need to boil this down to what, what are they asking us here? Like so basically they are worried about the way the neighbour thinks of them yeah even though they don't particularly care for this neighbour yeah yeah I mean I I very very much relate to this exact type of situation right right like people who sometimes I actively dislike worrying about what what they think of me right yeah Um, I mean my instinct is killer with kindness
5: I think I think your instinct is the right instinct. Just be, just be, just keep on being overly, overly friendly. Now,
4: yes, what I would do in that situation, I'm sure, is like end up inviting her in or having these long conversations that I would be desperate to get out of, <laughs> just to prove that I was oh, no. super friendly. Yeah, 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 And then it being the bane of my life and having to move.
5: Yeah, yeah. That's the other option: move house. Yeah, yeah. You
4: know, that's the easy option.
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs>
4: Yeah, a, a different a different person to me myself might tell you you don't care about this woman. You have a perfect, you know, if anything, um, she's an irritant in your life. Why yeah. should you be worrying about pleasing her? Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you're like me, that's not gonna uh, that's not gonna hold water with you.
5: I think move house. Yeah, I think that's probably the best bit. Right, next one. Right, this one's from Peter. You're at a casual work do sipping a beer, and you find yourself in a small group, or even worse, one-on-one, with people that, frankly, are boring. Over their shoulder, you can see and hear the fun group jibing away while you chitter-chatter with Norman about the new critical spreadsheets policy. Question, what exactly do you mutter to extricate yourself so you can go and leech off the joy of the cool group? Norman might be dull, but you'd rather endure the deal, the ordeal, than, God forbid, be thought of as rude.
4: I mean, it's the toilet, isn't it?
5: I need to go to the toilet. Yeah. I once witnessed, and actually it was from my cousin's son, and at the time he must have been about 7, 18. I witnessed the most outstanding display of social behaviour. And I can barely remember it because I was so in shock about how great he was at it. But I was talking to him at a party, like an anniversary family party. And I was, no doubt, I was boring him. Like, you know, I was in my late 30s, he was <laughs> 17, as I say. And he just very smoothly went, I'm going to go and get a drink now and just and walked off. But there was nothing rude about it. But how did he do it so it wasn't rude?
4: And I've told this story a thousand times, but I remember being at a birthday party once where I was talking to the host and a guy that he introduced me to. This guy was an older, very successful, posh businessman. The host got called away to talk to somebody else, so I'm left now talking to the new person. Mm. After about 10 seconds, no exaggeration, he extends his hand, uh, he shakes mine, he says, Jeff, it was lovely to meet you, and then just turns his back on me and stands (laughs) facing the wall.
5: I love it that he thought that was okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather look at a wall than speak to any further. There you go. To do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah uh, I think the toilet is always a good option, but you do run a risk. Um, so I've got this friend, Carl, He's brilliant. He's 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 just a brilliant, and you know, sl- slightly odd in the best possible way. He works in comedy. He was at a party at the BBC for all these different people who work in comedy. Mm. And he gets introduced to, I won't name him, but there is an American who came over here and got a sitcom made, which ran for quite a while, off the back of the fact that he'd worked on some big deal American sitcoms, some of the biggest American sitcoms. And kind of the implication being that he had helped create these things. Now, Carl is a massive comedy nerd and he knows that that isn't the case.
5: Okay. He
4: knows that this guy had a minor credit on a couple of them for, for a couple of episodes early on. Yeah, yeah. So he gets introduced to this guy, and he says, "Oh, I'm glad to meet you. I've been meaning, I've been wondering. You know, you're t- going around telling everybody that you helped create these shows. Um, I've looked at the credits, and your name's barely mentioned. No. And the guy sort of like, "Oh, I just need a piss," and then off he goes. But he doesn't go to the toilet. Carl watches him go across the room and start talking to some other people. <laughs> so Carl marches up to him and goes. <gasps> hey you what about that piss then no yeah,
0: yeah. amazing <laughs> I, I love him for that
4: yeah. so so oh. if you use the toilet as an excuse yeah. you have to go via the toilet Absolutely. that is that is the point that i'm making um if you have something you would like us to solve in the problematic here at the glap clinic in quandary corner of the problematic Um, or if you have another name that you think we should take into consideration Uh you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com And that was our podcast. So you're going to bring Rudy every week? Then? Oh,
5: God, no. For the sake of people's ears, I'll do my best not to.
4: Oh, bless him. He is so sweet. <laughs> He's
5: very noisy. I'm sorry.
4: Maybe we could just record five minutes of him and loop it and then have it underneath every podcast we ever do.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people wouldn't like that.
4: Well, the, the, the whole thing, isn't it, is a baby's cry is supposed to be some at, at a pitch yeah. that the human ear can't ignore it. It's mm-hmm. like an evolutionary thing. Yeah. So I can understand to some people it might, might be a little distracting. Yes, I'm really sorry. Especially the child free.
5: Yeah, they'd be to be irritated. Irritating. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And thanks to Paris Lees for the advice this week. Paris said she hasn't really got anything particular to plug at the moment, but you can find her on Twitter and Instagram. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox made our idents Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork And Carla Gowlett Took the photos We'd love to hear from you If you have a story Of ineptitude You'd like to share If you have something That we would like to uh, Consider and address In Quandary Corner um, Email Hello At Adriftpodcast.com And we'd love it If you were to support us On Patreon as well We're going to be recording Our video party Next Monday For Annabelle's birthday And you can go to Patreon.com Stroke Adrift Finally Annabelle Yes Well firstly thanks, thanks to Rudy for being such a good boy <laughs> And uh, secondly thanks for you for shelling out your own money to park And I will reimburse you from the Patreon fund
5: £5.80 thank you
3: Adrift
2: drift.
4: All right, on to our publication. This comes from Laura Eccles, who says, Hi there, Jeff and Annabelle.
5: Hi. Hi there.
4: I'm writing today to request a birthday podication for my dear friend and your graphic designer, Kim Rainey, who will be many years younger than her lifelong idol, Rod Stewart, on the 9th of March. Oh. Kim, congratulations. Yeah, happy birthday. Kim is such a great person. Mm. Um, I, I tried to give her money for doing the artwork, and she wouldn't take money from me. Oh. Um, she is wonderful, and you know the artwork. I think is some of the best podcast artwork I've ever seen. People compliment me on it a lot, far more than they do on the actual podcast. <laughs> um, and and it was just sort of the tip of the iceberg in terms of all the ideas Kim sent across. She is just brilliant, and I always we don't hear from Kim, and I wouldn't worry that. Like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what a worry.
5: You worry that she's gone off us.
4: I worry that she's gone off us, or maybe I should have tried harder to get her to take some money, or I don't I don't know.
5: Oh no, you are up all night, aren't you? <laughs> this one I do up. I do oh, worry about oh, like dear.
4: Kim. Do, like and sometimes Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay. But anyway. Um <laughs> Uh Kim and I like, Laura continues. Kim and I have known each other since we're about fifteen, having joined forces as two of the very few kids at Southern Baptist High School in Memphis, Tennessee who sat on quite a high horse, resulting from our obsession with the Smiths? Oh. Uh, so at the time, I bet you didn't feel like the cool kids, but now, you, I mean, you just know you were the cool kids if yeah. that was your obsession. There, we suffered through weekly chapel services where no joke, a famous, stroked formerly famous, we had no idea, we didn't care about sports. American football player wrapped the books of the Bible to us <laughs> and a crazed evangelist explained that Prince was the devil, as overwhelmingly evidenced by, one, his album cover 1999, which, when turned upside down, was a penis, <laughs> followed by 666. <laughs> and two... The fact that he could play any instrument he picked up, because obviously only the devil could have had that kind of talent. Wait, is Paul McCartney the devil too? Jeez. Um, I mean, I, you you know in your head that these this these kind of places exist in America, yeah, yeah, but it's a long way from um, even like the, a lot of the primary schools here are affiliated with the Church of England and people have to sing give me oil in my lamp keep me burning and stuff in assembly yeah I mean it's just it's a whole other thing isn't it yeah Um, Kim is the kindest most creative person who has gone out of her way to take to, uh, to take care of everyone in her life on multiple occasions, including me just this past weekend following my recent surgery. Kim helped me do all sorts of chores, including cleaning a like, cat litter box for the first time. Her selflessness is unrivaled and she deserves so much more than a podication to celebrate her wonderfulness. But you guys bring her the greatest joy. Oh, that's so nice. That yeah. implies that maybe she does still listen. Good. Um, so a podication it is. And... Uh, we'll have to uh, to be, as I haven't yet figured out how to capture Rod Stewart, ship him to New Orleans and tether him to Kim eternally. <laughs> Jamie, Ol- Jamie Oliver might also work, so if you have any ideas. Ooh. Happy birthday, Kim. Well, I'll tell you, um, Greg Burke, who used to read our news on the radio show, works for Jamie he Oliver does. now, doesn't he?
5: Yes, we've got an in.
4: Yeah. So mm. we just need to bop Greg over the head. Yeah. Steal his security pass. Yep. Get in there. Mm. Bag over Jamie Oliver. Yep. Get, get him, him out, get yeah. one of
5: flies. Falling apart a little bit, yeah, I don't okay, mind okay. saying so,
4: yeah. All right, Jess. Ryan writes, hello to Jeff and Annabelle from Australia. Hello. hello. Um, firstly, a big thank you to Jeff for reading out my embarrassing accidental racism story. I got a thrill out of my f- five minutes of fame. I do think fame is hmm. overstating it. But yeah. um, I also want to give a special thank you to Jonathan from the unlucky funeral faux pas story from episode 22. I laughed so hard at that story that not only did I snort tea out of my nose, but I on the spot decided to sign up to Patreon. Oh, wow. I mean, I really think Jonathan should get whatever your <laughs> pledge is. <laughs> yeah. uh, any podcast that brings so much joy must be supported. I'm hoping to get a podication in March in honour of the birthdays of my friends Michelle and Adrian Michelle recommended a drift to me and as two of my most wonderful friends I know they'd love a podication from you guys I'm sure that Adrian has a funny story or two up his sleeve so hopefully this will encourage him to send one to you keep up the work guys Jess Ryan P.S. I think that quandary corner has the best ring to it well yeah Mm. this is no problem I really like the sound of Michelle for introducing you to this podcast a lot I mean and I really like you that you are one of the few people who's been introduced to this podcast and thought, yeah, we'll listen to that again know, instead of turn it off. Yeah. And I don't quite know where Adrian fits into the continuum mm. of reaction to the podcast. But uh, Adrian, we, we would love stories. As I say, the uh, story surplus is a little depleted. Well, there's no surplus at the moment. Mm, no, We're not quite running. Actually, we, we you. We there's a you. minor surplus. No, We're not no, running on empty. No, yet. never. You know, we, we like to have some more in the back pocket. Um. So there we go. It's the latest edition of the podcast, podicated to Michelle and Adrian from Jess Ryan and to our friend Kim Rainey from Laura Eccles. Happy birthday, Kim. And if you'd like a podication for yourself, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.